This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi everybody, I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with Dwayne Crutchfield, one of the great running backs in Iowa State history. This September, Crutchfield will be inducted into the Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that and his pride in seeing Matt Campbell establish a recruiting pipeline to Dwayne's home city of Cincinnati. We hope you'll enjoy our visit with Dwayne Crutchfield. Well, Dwayne, let's get started by talking about the, the big weekend coming up at the end of September where you're going to go in the Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame, an honor you richly deserve. What did that mean to you to get that phone call? Well, to be honest, I, first of all, I was shocked. Then I was kind of amazed. Then I was kind of appreciative. Let me explain that because from a guy from a little place in Cincinnati and to get opportunity to come to a university like Iowa State, which was in the Big 8 at the time, and then to be elected into, I think, something with prestige and honor and a commitment, I was very overwhelmed and appreciative and very, very excited to get out there in September. I want to go back to your days when you went originally to Garden City Junior College and then ended up at Iowa State. How did that process kind of happen? How did you end up at Iowa State? What coaches kind of reached out to you, and how did that process get started? It started back in 1978 when Tom Lichtenberg was one of the assistants under Earl Bruce, came to my home after Woody Hayes, and he made a, a statement to my grandfather. He said, Reverend Crutchfield, I cannot promise you that Dwayne will go to pro football, but what I will promise you is he can get an education at Iowa State and we'll continue to bring him up in the religious background that we know you instilled in him, Reverend Crutchfield. And when I went to Forest City, then I went to Garden City, and then Ohio State and everyone was trying to recruit me because Earl Bruce moved from Iowa State to Ohio State, and they were trying to get me there. And my grandfather said, no. You made a commitment there, and that's where you're going. That is the truth, and that is how I ended up at Iowa State. He would not let me break my commitment that I made in 78 and in 1980. I had a chance to go there, and he made me go to Iowa State. It worked out well for everybody. Let's talk about that first year. You come in as a junior, and you made a very quick, good adjustment to Big 8 football. I mean, you were an All-American. You were the, the Big 8 Newcomer of the Year and led the conference in rushing. So talk about that adjustment, I guess, from the junior college game to the to the Big 8 style of play. Well, you know, I, I was kind of a bruiser. I was a big guy. When I came out of high school, I was 220 pounds playing tailback. So I went to junior college, and, you know, and I kind of half-heartedly worked on my skills. And then when I got there, I had a pretty good supporting cast once uh, uh, Rocky Gillis, uh, he was a starting tailback. He got sick, and they sent me in, and I ended up with a hundred some yards rushing that game, a couple touchdowns, you know. So it was kind of like fate, almost, you know. What I mean, for Rocky to get sick at that point in time in the first game, and then me to take over, and you know, and and it was just—I think I was ready to be honest. I was just physically, not mentally, but physically ready to go ahead and. Uh, and and step into that limelight. Well, the next year you came back and led the Big 8 in rushing again, and I think a lot of people, and I didn't, I didn't get the pleasure of watching you play at Iowa State, but a lot of people that did said that the, your style reminded them of Earl Campbell. Do you, th- do you think that's accurate? Uh, I, I was compared to him in high school. Don't get me wrong, at the time he was Heisman Trophy winner in 78. Uh, I watched him play and end up playing with him one, one year in Houston. He was a little more faster. Okay. I, I think the bruising part of it, 
and, and running through tackles, uh, big thighs, you know, big hips, and ran hard, low to the ground. I think that was fair. Well, you uh, you guys wore those tearaway jerseys back then too, <laughs> and uh, it seems like you used you, you probably went through a few of those a game. Do you remember uh, a specific game where you might have gone through two or three jerseys? No, sir. I, I remember a lot of games that I went through seven or eight. <laughs> yeah, How would you like those tearaways? Did you like those tearaways? Yeah, because I was kind of in shape then. I like my stomach being so exposed and my and my arms being showed. And then when a guy snatched on that jersey, they think they're going to snatch you down like that harsh collar tackle. They just ripped out their hands. So it was <laughs> it was, was kind of amazing. Work to your advantage. Um, yes, sir. What, what what NFL uh, running backs uh, in recent years or, or currently do you kind of admire their style of running? Is there anybody that kind of compares to how you ran the ball? Yeah, I, to, to be honest, now, I'm not comparing myself no kind of way, but the power, I like Adrian Peterson. Not the speed, mm-hmm. the straight power. I also like the way that uh, – the little Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State run powered, all also a speed, you know. But uh, these guys now are more shifty, more more, uh, you know, juke and go. Uh, you know, I think like Bettis and all them guys there. That was kind of more my style, you know, just straight ahead, hard football, and and get some yards, you get some yards, and you had to block, do some things. But yeah, I would say like Bettis. Yeah, so your your mentality was, I'm not trying to get around this linebacker. I'm running right over him. If I had to, yes, sir. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. A, I wasn't a juker. I just, you know, it was power on power, and that's how it was. Especially in the big eight at that time, you know. I mean, it was a hard defensive, I thought, oriented league with decent running backs that had to take some punishment and give some punishment out. That's how I treated it. With that, kind of hand in hand goes being a real workhorse. I mean. You ran the ball 43 times at Oklahoma your senior year for 171 yards and a 7-7 to tie. You're facing a hard-hitting defense like that with 43 carries. You had to have some games where you were in the whirlpool afterwards or pretty tired at least. Yeah, I can't remember those guys' name. His name, first name was Frank. He was our trainer. And he was always on me. He called me Alice all the time. He called me Alice. Come on, Alice, get in the shower now, you know. And, I mean, in the whirlpool. You know, I mean, it was he constantly on me because I – I carried the ball 51 times against Colorado. Yeah, I had a couple 50s and a couple 53 carries. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a workhorse type of league at that time. Yeah, no question. That was that was Frank Randall, I think. Is, uh, yes, Frank Randall. Still, yes. Yeah, still in names. Now, I think maybe one of your best wins as a Cyclone, just looking at the numbers, when you beat Missouri, and they're number eight in the country, and you guys really beat them pretty good, 34 to 13, and you had – uh, three touchdowns in that game. That had to be a, a memorable win to beat a uh, top ten team like that. Yes, it, it really was. But I mean, we we were a decent team. We just for some reason just couldn't get over the hump. We were good coached defensively. Our special teams was good, but we were in at a time when all the teams were pretty decent. I mean, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Missouri. Uh, you know, and Oklahoma State to me always packed the the most potent defense. But it, it was just it was just that time and that era, and that was just, you know, it was it was a great win that Missouri game, but just all other games were just great because it was just a great camaraderie in that Big Eight conference, you know. Tell me about uh, some of your teammates. Who, who were some of the ones you were closer with? Do you do you still stay in touch with any of those guys? To be honest, no, no, I, I haven't. I mean, I 
God talked, you know, when Carl Nelson was with the Giants, you know, I seen him, and I think Dan Johnson was with Miami. Uh, he and I held, you know, conversation, and and obviously uh, Pippen when he was at New England, and uh, I mean, just guys through the league, not guys who actually on my team, just guys through the league. But and uh, Bruce Reimers, he was with us at Iowa State when he came here to Cincinnati, where I'm at now. You know, but other than that, uh, I haven't really stayed in contact other than, well, Johnny or not, before he passed away. And yeah. that gentleman named uh, Bobby Matthews who went to school up there also from here in Cincinnati. And uh, that's basically that's basically it. You mentioned that you originally thought you might end up playing for Earl Bruce at Iowa State. You ended up playing for Donnie Duncan. Tell me a little bit about that experience with Donnie, who unfortunately we recently lost, and then... You know, any other assistant coaches that might have had an impact on your life at Iowa State? Coach Duncan was, you know, he was an honest coach. He was loyal. And, I, you know, I really wish that I could have delivered more for him because he really took a chance on me. I, I'm going to always be appreciative of that, as I am of Coach Lichtenberg for even coming there and getting me up on board to even know anything about Iowa State. Those two guys will always be in my heart, and I mean that from my heart, you know, but it was probably the best experience for me in my life. And I'm not saying it to just shoot smoke. It was the best place for me. I know I haven't been back up in there, but it's always been in my heart. And I mean, I, I wear it at Iowa State decal on my car. I love Iowa State because I wouldn't be driving it. I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't have my little barbecue trailer. If it wasn't for Iowa State, so I am so deeply indebted with, especially Coach Lichtenberg, but I really did love Coach Duncan and Earl Bruce. And them, you know, they tried because when they, when Coach uh, Hayes got fired for that incident in the bowl game, Earl Bruce mm-hmm. became the coach there. But they never forgot about me being from Ohio and only an hour and a half from Ohio State. They tried, but my grandfather believed in. Commitment, iron your commitment, and I made a commitment. Even though it was two years ago, he made me keep it, and I am so happy that he did that. Why do you, Why do you think Iowa State was such a good fit for you? Coming from Cincinnati, I mean, I never really was out there doing things, and just being the, in the type of junior colleges, it was a great fit because I like that rural country atmosphere. But when you're in town, you have different cultures from all the different surrounding counties, areas, cities, states, you know, Chicago, St. Louis, you have people from there. It's kind of an eclectic type of people. And I really enjoyed that low-key, laid-back type of atmosphere. I really I, I really did. It was such good people that I met there. I mean, truly good people. Well, it allowed you to excel, certainly at the college level, and you went on, got drafted by the Jets, and played in the NFL for a while, and uh, with the Jets and the Rams. Tell me a little bit about your NFL experience. What what kind of stands out to you about your time in the NFL? It was much faster pace than living. I was so inspired when my grandfather was alive. He had colon cancer my senior year at Iowa State. And during training camp, you know, he, he succumbed to cancer at 70. And he was 6'4", 270 pounds at 70 years old. So he was a big country man, big preacher. And, you know, and so... I lost that will once I got there, and it was just my experience there. It was good to meet people, traveling, but I lost. I lost like, like Rocky, the eye of the tiger when my grandfather died in training camp. It just it didn't seem important to me no more. I couldn't make that switch to trying to do that 
in his memory. That was hard for me to do. So really my experience in the NFL was not as great, you know, as it was in college because he was there with me. In there, he was gone, and I couldn't make that switch to really get that enjoyment out of that experience. But then it wasn't yeah. the same back then. It was you played hurt, you played because you loved, you played because it was just a combative, competition-filled sport, you know. And that, to me, when you lose that, you kind of – it doesn't mean as much. At least to me, it didn't. That makes sense. Well, you know, you ended up back in Cincinnati – and you've seen recently this new coaching staff at Iowa State, Matt Campbell and his coaches, who so many of them are from Ohio, make an emphasis on getting back into Cincinnati. And Deshante Jones and David Montgomery had great freshman years for Iowa State. And you mentioned you still take a lot of pride in Iowa State. How, how proud are you that Iowa State's starting to dip back into Cincinnati and look for some great players there again? Well, I hate to say this about Iowa State, but they better – not be sleeping at the wheel because Ohio got some daggone good football players and <laughs> this is one of the places they need to be. And if anything I can do to help facilitate that, I'm all for it. It does a person proud when you look in there and you see the place you went to and you did pretty well, you think you did there, and you see other kids going there and they good athletes in your area. And, you know, I don't really follow high school sports as much, but once you open the paper, you see this kid going to Iowa State, this kid in North College Hill, this kid from Mount Healthy. It, it makes you proud. It really does. And it's uh, it's a great feeling. And they seem to talk well about the university in the paper. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's it's very rewarding, and it really is. They help me through life. And, I, and how can you not love and care about someone who helped you through life? Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I know, I know Matt Campbell's really looking forward to meeting with you when you come in in September to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. As I mentioned, nobody's more deserving of that. And, and Dwayne, I'm sure your grandfather would be really proud of that moment when you're inducted into that Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame. That's going to be a special night. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm sure he will be, too. You know, you, you're, drawing tears. Uh, you're drawing tears from me now because I know he, he meant the world to me. And uh, I, I sure hope he is proud because I wouldn't be – the person I am today, and I mean today and now, because it wasn't for Iowa State and my grandfather having the foresight and the fortitude to say, that's where you're going, no matter what. He said, that's where you're going. Made me cancel all my other trips. That's where you're going. And <laughs> how can you not How can you not care and love, like I said, a person and the people at Iowa State that helped me really live my dream? You know, I... I, I I, I wanted to try to play in the NFL, but they helped me live my dream. And the people I played with and the coaches, and I can if I, and I mean this in my heart, people who know me know I don't play. My grandfather meant the world to me, and if he could wake up this second, he would say, you know what, I knew that was the place for you. We're sure happy it worked out that way because a, a lot of people around here are very excited to have you back. And I just really appreciate you taking some time this morning and to visit and just kind of catch up. It's It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we can't wait to see you in September, Dwayne. And I can't wait to be there, and I appreciate everything. Thank you very much. Thank you.